Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. Last time we're going to get started. T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries, Spirit Life. If you're on Facebook, comment, uh, like the video, share it. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. You can also comment on there as well. And I believe we are good to get started. So let's open in prayer, and then we will dive right in. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We ask that you would open our spiritual ears and our eyes that we may hear and see what you're doing, that you would open our hearts, that you would remove any obstacles, that you remove any walls we put up, that you remove any distractions, any lies of the enemy, any false teaching. Father, that we would be open and pure vessels to hear from you tonight. God, we, we need your word. We need to grow. We need to mature. We want to be effective in the kingdom. We want to know what our part is. We want to be successful. And Father, we are alive in this time. We're alive in this generation, and we're positioned geographically where you put us for a reason. So God, help all of us, no matter where we're watching from, no matter what part of the world, no matter what age we are, where we're at in our walk with you, Help all of us find the instructions, the blueprint, just the understanding of what you called us to do in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, so turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to go to a verse that you're very, very, very familiar with. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And verse 13 and 14 and 15 and so on go down about the armor of God. So a lot of us are very familiar with our enemy is not flesh and blood. This is a very uh, popular teaching. We say it sometimes in jest, just joking around like, yeah, we know our enemy isn't each other. And, I mean, but there is truth to it. We're not fighting people. We're fighting rulers, authorities, principalities, demonic forces. And so our warfare is not directed towards people. So in this passage here, Paul's given us instruction about the armor of God. He wants you to make sure you understand a couple things. One, we're not fighting people. So going after somebody is not going to produce the results that you want in your life because it's not them that we're fighting against. It's a spiritual atmosphere. It's the influence of Satan demonic forces, and we're not going to get in tonight about people who are possessed or not possessed and influence and all that. We've had teachings on that before, and go check them out. I, I think you can see our archive of all our videos. But what we want to make sure we focus on is that we understand that there is definitely a battle that is not against flesh and blood. So uh, I don't know a name I can use. So John, if you know he's against you, he's not really what your enemy is, you would pray and you would war spiritually. And we know that our battle in the spiritual realm, Jesus has won it. We know our spiritual warfare is we stand in the armor of God, not in our armor. And our armor doesn't work against natural things. It's a supernatural armor. I hear a lot of people say about binding and loosening and decree and declaring and these words. And I want to really get some time where we do teaching on these and really clarify that. But I just want to throw something out there for you. If it was as simple as just binding the enemy in Jesus' name. And don't you think by now, 2,000 years and plus after Jesus was on the cross and uh, rose from the dead, 
that somebody would have bound Satan by now, that somebody would have said, in Jesus' name, I bind you. Um, you don't think that Jesus would have just said that, you know, after the cross, that I bind you, and that would have been the end of it. So there's a clear misunderstanding of what binding and rebuking and decree and declaring and these words we use, because if it was as simple as I bind Satan in Jesus' name, then it's it. It's done. Uh, and it can't be as obvious as, well, who forgot to bind them? And if it is bound, then who let them go? And I, I ask people this in the charismatic, not just the charismatic circle, but other circles, who let them go then? Who unbound them? If prayer meetings are just binding and binding and binding, who let them go? So we obviously have an understanding problem of how the supernatural and the spiritual work to some degree. Because if Christians can bind Satan and that's the end of it, who's releasing them? There is no one stronger. So uh, a Satanist can't just release what we bound, right? And I know that's not the topic tonight, but I just want to throw this out there to get your brain moving and spin a little bit and say, yeah, we probably have some misunderstanding. I think the heart is good, but there's some misunderstanding in the reality of what binding and loosening and decreeing and declaring and these things that we do as charismatics and as Christians, but especially in the charismatic world, can get a little weird in that. And you have to come back to a spiritual common sense and say, well, yeah, we have to be missing something because if we bound everything and canceled every assignment and how they get them back again, and if we throw every demon in the pit of hell since Jesus has risen, I mean, how many are there that generations of generations of generations of generations of generations has been doing this? When we read this, we understand that our struggle then is not against flesh and blood. It's, it's against these spiritual rulers of wickedness and these different ranking of demonic forces. But we've got to take in consideration that maybe our teaching or understanding of the teaching, maybe we heard a good teaching wrong, not can't say that there haven't been out there, but obviously somewhere along the line, we have maybe skewed or missed the real understanding of spiritual warfare. We are going to do a series on them coming up. I don't know when, uh, but we'll be releasing that, probably connect them together. But tonight, what I want to talk to you about is that we understand we are not fighting against people in the sense of demonic realm. And everybody who reads it says this is very plain, very simple, can't really argue it. We understand people aren't our issue. They may be what is manifested or the cause of what we see as our issue, but they're not actually the issue. Our enemies are spiritual. So turn with me uh, to Acts chapter 5. And I know some of you are saying, oh man, uh, we want you to teach on, teach on what you're saying about the bind. And we're going to get to that, I promise, in the future but this has really been on my heart all most of today and, you know, and, and pressing back and forth with the Lord about what to speak on. And it's just been on my heart. And when he turns me to Acts chapter 5 in verse 38, you know, they are talking about people following Jesus. Okay? And so in the present case, this is advice being given because they're asking, hey, what do we do about these disciples of Jesus? In verse 38, so in this present case, I say to you, Stay away from these men and let them alone. Okay? For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But, verse 39, is it of God, you'll not be able to overthrow them, and you may even be found fighting against God. We always consider that our enemies aren't in the flesh and blood when it comes to supernatural warfare in the demonic or satanic realm, you could say. But have you considered that it's also your enemy 
is not people when it comes to the working of God. All right, let me say that again. Your enemy is not people when it comes to the working of God. We have been given gifts, and the Lord has given gifts to men as he sees fit, and women. It's a, it's a gift. Obviously, it's called a gift, but it's a gift. We can't earn them and make them. It's a gift. In the proportion of our faith, we use our gifts, and he who ascended gave gifts unto men. We know we also got the fivefold, the ascension gifts and different gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, and we know that we're the body of Christ on the earth today. We know that we are the, the arms, the hands, the eyes, the feet, the body of Christ. So we're very comfortable with someone saying, hey, you shouldn't be upset with that person because that's not your enemy. Your enemy is not that person. Remember Ephesians. Well, I want to say this to you to consider tonight. Your enemy also isn't people when it comes to church, when it comes to God, when it comes to godly counsel. You're not actually fighting people. Now, understand, big disclaimer, I know what some of you are going to say. Well, there's people that are in church and aren't being used of God. Well, then they would fall into the Ephesians part, right? That our enemies are not people still. And so we're going to assume by making the clarification that what I'm talking about tonight are people who are actually called of God. They're called of God. They're not deceived. They're called of God. And they're working for God, like the apostles here uh, in their group. And you know, if you keep reading down, they they went for the presence of the Sanhedrin. They rejoiced and they had been considered worthy to suffer uh, shame for the name of the gospel. And they were beaten and they were released. And they were excited, right? And we know that's of God. We know that. So this council was good. Let's not get in the way of this because if it's of men, it'll just pucker out. It'll go away. But if it's of God, you could find yourself fighting against God. Why is this important? Because a lot of our spiritual fighting is always geared towards we're going to fight, fight, fight principalities and powers and rulers and bind and decree and declare. And, you know, we're going to rebuke in Jesus' name. We're going to do all this fighting. And, I mean, there's a time for that. There really is. But there's also a time for considering maybe you're fighting against God. Maybe that person who's giving you that counsel, who's speaking in your life, maybe that pastor, uh, maybe that elder, maybe that deacon, maybe that apostle or prophet or evangelist or teacher, maybe you aren't actually fighting them. What you're arguing with or fighting with is what they're telling you or relaying to you from God. Now, we know that enemy is a copycat. We know Satan is not the creative source of anything. We know he's a copycat. So if he uses people and that's not our enemy, we know he got the idea of using people from God because God has used people all the time. Adam and Eve at the beginning. Uh, it was his idea to put us here. So God's plan was to demonstrate who he is through his creation. So that's the original design. The original design is that we carry the word of God, the spirit of God, the power of God. We represent Jesus Christ on the earth today. The original design that we live in absolute harmony with the Father in the garden. We were in one with him. We have, we're not him, but we have all the gifts, the characteristics. We we just leak or we ooze out God because that is our foundation in creation, not just in the flesh, but in the spiritual realm. Our foundation of that creation spiritually is the nature and the character of God who made us. That's, you know, Christianity 101. That's what we were supposed to do. Well, the enemy then warped and twisted by trying to use Eve, and we know that uh, Adam then fell along with them, and so on and so on, and here we are. But the original thing was that God uses people all through your Bible, all through everything you read, all through history, to change other people, to bring revelation, to bring life, to get them out of the darkness, to bring them into life. 
And that is what we see the model of Christianity to be. One of the greatest examples of that is salvation. Anyone, anyone who knows the Lord, and I believe you don't even need to know the Lord to do this. If you know the scripture, if you know Romans Road to Salvation, or you know John 3.16, like you know how to lead someone into prayer, the power of the word can bring someone's eyes from darkness and ears from deafness and out of the muck and the mire and bring them into a supernatural, born again, living in heaven forever. That's a lot of power. That's a lot of power God's given us to do the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle that you'll ever see, and that is salvation, being born again. So we have that belief so strong in one area, and most of us is that all spiritual warfare, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. We need to get the same belief in the area that God may be using these people for his purpose. The same, not the same way, because it's the opposite it's not the opposite in left and right. It's the opposite as in good and evil, God and Satan. But the same way Satan tries to use people to bring upon his purposes. And we all recognize that. Even though kids learn in Sunday school, we stand against the enemy, we rebuke the enemy, we're taught this. But there's a point where if your life isn't going right and things aren't coming together and you're rebuking, binding, casting out, doing all these things, and it's not changing, there's a point where you might have to consider that the people that God has put in your life or persons or person, depending on you know how big or how many people God has sent towards you, that you're not fighting against them. What they're telling you isn't picking a fight with you. It isn't pointing at you. It's not just picking on so-and-so. It's from God. And when the rebellion in us, the fighting back in us, we choose to fight Christians as people but we choose to fight in spiritual warfare against the enemy as in not flesh and blood. Listen, in the Christian world, we tend to fight each other as people. Like, they are doing it. That pastor is doing that to me. But in the demonic realm, we tend to say, well, that person knows not what they do, and we'll see someone who did horrific crime on the news, and we'll pray and believe that God could change their heart because we don't connect a person. We even say things like, we see the the person, not the sin. We separate them. We separate the sin from the person, right? Which I understand what we're saying. The sinner is not the sin. We separate, and God can redeem anyone. So in the, the negative side of all this, in the spiritual realm of warfare, it's very seldom that is just an evil person. We normally say that person is influenced. Some people say that person is possessed. Uh, that person is this or that. But in the Christian world, don't you find it interesting uh, that we attack the person, not say, oh, well, it's God doing that. I mean, how many times have you ever heard someone say uh, that pastor so-and-so did something to me and someone say, hey, wait a minute, our battles aren't flesh and blood. Uh, Pastor so-and-so is probably guilty of following God. And so you're fighting with God. We don't hear that. But if you come in for counsel that so-and-so did something rude to you and yelled at you and this and that, we say, oh, love the person, hate the sin. Love the person, hate the sin. We got to pray spiritual warfare, stand in the gap. We got to stand in there and pray uh, for their eyes to be open. We do all this praying, believing the person is simply the victim of the plans of the enemy and unaware of it or deceived. But when it comes to church, people, leadership, it's almost all the time that leader is bad. I know, right? You probably never thought about it this way, but now you are. You're thinking, hey, I don't know if I've ever heard someone say, well, maybe that evangelist 
is actually working for God. Maybe he said exactly to you what you needed to hear. Uh, maybe that prophet said exactly what you needed to hear. Well, I didn't like it. Well, not all of us like what God tells us. There's a very real part of God in correction, uh, in discipline, in raising us as sons and daughters. It's through your Bible. We can we can look at it sometime where God cares about you, where God's going to raise you and use other people to get those words and that influence into your life. So I would say, if anything in your life, give the Christians and the leaders of God the same understanding spiritually as what you would give people who are not serving God or deceived by him and understand we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So this person may be demonically influenced to say and do these things. Well, that pastor, that leader, that evangelist, that prophet, the apostle, the teacher may be, and most likely by all accounts is, led by the Spirit of God. And what you're fighting against is not them. You're fighting against God. You're fighting against God. No matter where you go, you're not going to run away from God. You're going to find the same correction, the same speaking into your life everywhere you go. It's not that the enemy is is using every leader in every church of everywhere you go. It's that God is speaking to his leaders, speaking to those that uh, we would consider Paul's in our life. We could even speak to the youth. He used a donkey, so he could speak to anybody to, to get into uh, your you know your sphere of understanding or your attention to grab you and tell you, hey, this is what you need to hear. It's no different than saying, well, could the enemy use so-and-so? Well, the enemy could deceive him. Even Peter was rebuked. Uh, you have your mind set on the things of the world or your mind set on the things of Satan, not of God, and Jesus rebuked him. And everyone said, yeah, yeah. Peter wasn't a bad guy. He was influenced, okay? Well, the words of Jesus, he's not a bad guy. Just his words convicted you, right? Peter's words convict you. Scripture convicts you. Your pastor, your evangelist, your prophet, your teacher, uh, they convict you. It's not that we now break the rules of what God's understanding is and say, well, in this arena, it is definitely not the person. But in this arena... It is 100% the person. Now, why do we do that? Why do we do that? I'll tell you why we do that. We do that because when it comes to the enemy and we say it's not the person, we feel like we can go and do all these things to change what this particular person's doing. We have the power to change what's coming out of their mouth or their actions or how they're treating me. It's not the power to change me. It's the power to change them. We pray in Jesus' name for the Spirit to be removed that's influencing them, for the demonic to leave their ears and eyes, for uh, you know their eyes to be open. What's all these prayers really saying? The prayers are really saying, change them. Let's remove the demonic force so they change. Let's remove the spiritual oppression so they change. Now, what's God doing? Here's what God does. When God sends someone in your life, what's the prayer? It's we have to change. We're not changing God. Because God is speaking into that person and bringing life that's speaking into you. The reason why we wanted to blame the person is because they need to change. That pastor needs to change. That a prophet, that apostle, that evangelist, that teacher, they need to change. Not me. Do you see we position ourselves that no matter where it's coming from, whether it's from the demonic realm using a person, oh, we don't fight against flesh and blood, they need to change. If it's coming from your leadership... Oh, we don't, they need to change, right? You hear what happened there. With this side is we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
that person needs a change. We pray the spirit thing away. When it comes from leadership and in church, oh, they do need to change. What never happens is we need to change. We need to change because we find ourselves fighting in Acts 5.39, fighting against God. When Jesus was on a cross, he didn't tell everyone to change. He said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Like, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When he rebuked Peter or told him he was going to deny him three times, he spoke right to Peter. Peter could have got mad at Jesus. He could have whatever, but he didn't because he understands this is God talking to me. He didn't grasp the denying him for his pride and understanding that his ego needed to have a little bit of a check. But Peter ended up changing. The day of Pentecost, Peter changed dramatically. Dramatically. We need to have an understanding that we are never, ever fighting against flesh and blood. Never. Whether it's the demonic side where we're rebuking in this and that, or whether it's the side of God where he's using someone. I encourage you tonight, wherever you are listening to this, tomorrow, weeks from now, whenever it is, to really consider and really, I know it's going to sound like I'm making it, I don't know, over-exaggerating it, but I really want you to consider the last time you had someone mean or angry in your life and you told your church-believing friends or people and they said, hey, we need to pray, we need to pray, we need to pray, our enemy is not against flesh and blood, not against flesh and blood. When's the last time that you've heard Hey, that pastor, your enemy's not against flesh and blood. That apostle, that prophet, that evangelist, that teacher, uh, that elder, that deacon, that leader. No, no. You, you're you fighting against God. You're fighting against God. And there's some biblical examples. We don't have time to get into all of them. But you know with Moses and the people in the wilderness, the uh, children of Israel in the wilderness, and they're not listening to God, and snakes are coming up the ground and biting them. Right? It's a horrible scene. And God tells Moses to... Take a snake and put it on the staff and hold it in the air. And everyone who looks at it, I'm paraphrasing a lot, everyone who looks at it is going to be healed. And so God has snakes come because of people's sin. They're just rebellion. They're not listening. And so he holds up a staff of a snake and makes them look at the very thing that's killing them to get free. Like God's making them look at the very thing that's taking their life to get freedom. Think about that statement. Paul's walking down the road serving God, gets knocked down. He, he doesn't even know who knocks him down. He asks who is. He finds out it's Jesus. He goes back. He's blind. The prophet comes to him. He gets his sight. And Paul had to go through this process of, I, I missed it. I, I was wrong. It wasn't a spiritual demonic that knocked him down. It was God. It was absolutely God that knocked him down. Peter on a rooftop. The sheet comes down. I'm not going to eat it. Three times. I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. He's not arguing against anything other than arguing against God. He's arguing against God. Where are you at in your life? How many things have you bound, decreed, all these things, and rebuked, and you know, just over and over in spiritual warfare, and it's not working? Like in other words, nothing's changing. How many times has thought come to your mind? If so and so would stop doing this, if I could get over this, if that person wouldn't do this, if this and this and this and I just, I gotta, I gotta do this. And if these are the common things that come to your mind and your heart, if these are common thoughts that come to your mind, it's either always spiritual warfare, the enemy is doing everything, eating your lunch, dinner, breakfast. I mean, he's all over you all the time. You never get a break all over you. Or it's always someone else's fault, always someone else 
doing something. You've done nothing wrong. But even if you did something wrong, they still should have acted different. You know how it is. It's a, it's a victim kind of mentality. It's always that church, that pastor, that, 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 this, that, everything. If that's you, I want to challenge you with something that's probably upsetting to you and probably not going to be something you're going to want to hear about or talk about. But I want to challenge you with you may be fighting against God. You have nothing to do with all this other stuff. You may have found yourself fighting against God. How many people can tell you no in the church? In the church, how many pastors in your life, apostles, prophets, evangelists, the you know teachers that you have in your life that can tell you no, that you submit to, that you listen to, that can rebuke you, uh, like Jesus did to Peter, uh, that can tell you no, you're wrong, and and that you actually believe and start changing without getting mad and huffy and puffy and blaming the church and find another one and this and that. How do you know you're not fighting against God? Well, it's very easy. Last week, we talked about familiar spirits, and we said one of the verses that you can always, always gleam off of is that the enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus come to give life and give life more abundantly. John 10, 10, right? If your life, friendships, church life, all this stuff is falling apart, either you are under a massive spiritual attack and you need prayer and you need people to press in with you, or you are fighting against the only person that can help you, and that's God. It's the only person that can help you. And how do you know the difference? Well, if your life is still killed and destroyed, it's not God. If it's life and life more abundantly, it's God. If it's condemnation, everyone's wrong. People need to change. You're not the problem. I can't believe this and that. Then that's not God. Because Jesus said, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yet while we were sinners, he died for us. The example of Jesus is a very confident understanding that the will of the fathers was the most important thing, period. He understands we're not fighting against flesh and blood, or he wouldn't have died for any of us uh, because our flesh is wicked. And yet while we were sinners, he died for us. So we know he understands his principle. Now, I know he's God, and you're going to say, well, of course he does. He's God. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We should understand his principle as well. Conviction leads to godly change, not depression, not sadness, not finger pointing, not name blaming, not I give up and I'm going to throw a hissy fit and I'm you know I'm going to leave the church and this and that and I'm going to show you. You're not. What do you win in the end of all that? You're winning losing a position spiritually that God has for you. You're not playing high school childish games. You're you're playing against your call against what God wants to do with you in your life, your place in the kingdom. You're, you're playing with eternal consequences. I'm not saying you won't go to heaven. I'm just saying you won't fulfill all that you could have done here, all that you could have had for God, all the, the joy and the, the signs and wonders and healing, deliverance, the fruitfulness of your life. You, you, you simply won't have it. You just won't have it. It cannot be everyone is wrong and you're the only right person when it comes to certain things about God. In other words, Look at your Bible. If what you are, are complaining or, or getting upset with leaders about is actually in the Bible, then you're not fighting against people. You're fighting against God. And if we can understand it in the demonic realm, I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. I've got to pray for my lost siblings or my lost children or my lost spouse, and we're going to pray till there's a breakthrough. Well, then you got to understand we're not fighting 
the call of God in your life either. They're a blessing. Now, I know, and I said it earlier, they could be wrong. I understand that. You shouldn't submit to someone before you know they're not wrong. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. If you stop following Christ, stop following them. That's a that's a given. But if you're getting counsel and everyone that you've trusted in your life, uh, and no matter if that number is two or 200, all are saying and going forward and doing the same thing, and you're not, people, this is a hard conversation. This is a hard truth to hear. But we're probably fighting against God. We're in a time in this nation, in 2023, spiritually, like we've never been before. The sifting of the sand, uh, the amount of false teachers and preachers and prophets and evangelists and uh, apostles that are coming is it, going to be staggering. The things that you're going to see are going to, they're going to blow your mind spiritually of what the enemy is ramping up because we are in a war. And I know every generation has said this, but we are no longer behind the veil war, so to speak, not the veil of God, but a veil of hideness. We are blunt, open, in your face, on our news, in everything we do. We are in a in-your-face, upfront war. It's not even let's hide it anymore. Let's not cover it with a veil so no one's. It's in your face, people. And when the enemy plays his hand that evident, you know that this isn't the only thing coming. This is just what he's showing us, but this isn't what's the end game. I want you to be a part of the kingdom of God. I, I want you to use your call. I want you to build in the kingdom. I don't want you to get all messed up and weird because you're getting influences the wrong direction and believing scripture in one arena. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but in another arena is always them. I don't want that for you. I want you to be one of those people who don't miss it, who aren't getting deceived. I want you to know the character and nature of God. I want you to trust God. The Bible clearly states, who would ask for bread and Jesus would give them a snake? I know I'm paraphrasing, but he said, why would you come to a good father and ask me for bread and I would give you a snake? If God has put leaders in your life, trust that God put the right leaders. Trust them. What if you don't understand them? I don't understand some of the people in my life because God's ways are higher than my ways. And some of the people in my life that I, I look up to spiritually, they hear from God. Uh, they're following God. So they're going to hear the things that I can't, the, the blind spots that I have. We all have them. Yes, I have them. We all have them. That's why we have counsel. That's why we have Paul's in our life. That's why we become a Paul to someone and we have Timothy's. But as a Paul, I'm speaking to you tonight. I don't know if I know you or not. Even if I don't know, I want to talk to you like a Paul uh, for a minute. Uh, as a, a, a prophetic Paul, I guess you would say, I don't want you to miss it. I can see into what's coming, and we need a strong army. We need a strong army of warriors that are out there not getting distracted by this junk. If God's got you where he has you, he knows what he's doing. He's not dumb. God knows what he's doing. If you've trusted him this point in your life, you got to keep trusting him. God doesn't change his mind on Tuesday and Wednesdays. Well, how come it's getting harder? Because God is releasing into those people in our life, those Pauls, a greater level of understanding. Maybe it's about you're about to come to a different position spiritually. Maybe not a new anointing as in a sense of anointings. There's nothing new on our son, but new to you. Anointing is coming, a new position, a breakthrough. Maybe this is going from elementary to you know middle school or from middle school to high school. Maybe now you're going into the college. Well, it was fine. Yeah, each one of these steps that Paul's lead us into, spiritually speaking, nobody likes them. I don't like them. No one likes them. But this is how we grow. This is the kingdom of God. 
And so I want to leave you with this. I want to encourage you with this. I know it's a hard message. I know most of you, I'm praying, will listen to the whole thing a couple times, but I'd be thankful if you just listen to the whole thing because it's one that you can easily check out on, isn't it? It's, wow, you're saying this to me, and in your head you're saying, he's talking right about me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk right about you. I'm trying to speak to those out there tonight who absolutely positively need to hear this. I'm not just sitting here talking because I like to hear my voice. I'm not just talking because I need an audience. I'm talking because I really believe that God is pressing in on people currently tonight, and he's going to continue to do it, and he's going to use leaders because he uses the body. That's who he uses, and he's going to use you someday. So you're in this group. Don't get caught fighting against God. There's no win. You cannot win against God, and he'll not change his mind. What he's called you to today is what he's called you to. If you want to build in the kingdom, you can't switch jobs. You can't ask for a promotion or a job transfer. You're called for what you're called for. Well, I don't like it, or I don't. It doesn't matter. You weren't asked any of that. You're called for what you are called for. That's what you're called for. Let's not make the Bible our interpretation change scriptures to fit where we don't have understanding and put in our brain of our doctrinal beliefs where we can make things that make no sense in one area and absolute sense in another. The Bible's true. It's the written word of God. It's true all the way through. If you're going to believe this, you got to believe the whole thing. You can't just pick out verses to believe. Obviously, we don't fight against flesh and blood. Obviously, a real man or woman called of God it's not your enemy. It's not your enemy. It's not your enemy. Your apostle's not your enemy. Your prophet's not your enemy. Your pastor, your evangelist, your teacher. And isn't it weird how we say your or my, my pastor, my prophet, my apostle. We, we own these titles of gifting in our life. Then own it. Then allow God to use them so you don't get caught fighting against God. Well, listen, I hope that helped some of you. I believe it did. I believe, listen to it a couple of times. I really strongly believe it's going to change your perspective, give you some freedom. And I believe it's going to bring a deliverance in your life. Not that you got demons living here. That's not what I mean. It's going to unlock chains and doors and help you start really being fruitful in the kingdom of God. We're not in high school. You don't win a reward. You're not, you know, you're not the biggest uh, bad person. You're not going to win anything. You're not fighting against something that anyone matters. This is spiritual. What matters is God. What matters is eternity. And there is no end game that makes any sense outside of pursuing God. I don't want you to be caught fighting against God. Understand our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood on both sides. It's not flesh and blood in the spiritual realm, the demonic sense. It's not flesh and blood in the spiritual realm in the God sense as well. So I want to pray with you uh, and let you just soak on this, let it sink in. Again, thank you for watching. Share the video, comment the video. Uh, If you're on Facebook, like our page. If you're on YouTube, comment, join, subscribe, however that works, go to our website. But I want to encourage you, God's doing something this year. We want to help equip you and bring you this insight as God releases it into our life to share with you. Stick with us. I know we say some uh, some hard truths, but stick with us. We're about to come into a place of warfare where passiveness, emotions are not going to work. 
the truth is going to work. The power of God's going to work. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit's going to work. And those that he uses, those kind of people he uses, they are men and women of war, right? Since the days of John the Baptist, the heavens have suffered violence and the violent take it by force. That's a little out of context because it was just swarming in. But the point is, those who are hungry are hungry, and we go after it. This is not for the timid. This is not for the weak. Paul told Timothy, you've not been given a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. We're told all through Scripture, like a good soldier to train, like an athlete who runs the race. We are in a war, and we are going to need to be prepared. We need men and women of spiritual grit and truth and passion and dedication for the Holy Spirit who can handle Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan, like he did to Peter. we got to be able to understand we don't want to fight with God. We're not mad at who he puts in our life. They are a blessing. We pray for him. We thank God for him. And instead of praying for everyone else to change, we've got to take time and focus in. we got to focus in. Praying for our loved ones who don't know the Lord, your family and all them, that the enemy would move his hand. And tonight I'm going to pray as we end that you would remove your hand from your own eyes, from God trying to speak into your life. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We ask God that you would help open people's eyes and their ears, that they would remove their hand off their eyes, that they would remove their fingers out of their ears, that they would understand they're not fighting against those that you put in their life to help them and those that you're sending, because you're sending more, Father, because we we grow, and that's what the Spirit of God does. But as we sit here tonight and where we are spiritually in the realm of authority we have, we ask you that we would be open vessels, that we would hear you say to us, God, we need to hear you say to us, all of us, Father, help us to hear tonight. And we're going to pray one more time, that we all can hear you say to us, stop fighting against me. Stop fighting against me. Stop fighting against me. Father, we thank you for those in our life who are speaking into our life, those that have the patience and the perseverance and the love to not give up on us. We ask you, God, that it would increase, that we wouldn't judge the flesh and the blood, but that we would understand that you use the body mighty in your kingdom, that we wouldn't rebel and get upset in this culture we're in now of rebellion, this culture of all we're all right and we don't need any evidence of. We're just right because we're right. Father, help us to not fall into this trap of the enemy. Help us to stay submissive to your word, understanding your ways, understanding your principles, understanding the character of who you are and how you build the kingdom. Father, we're praying tonight. All of us may hear you say, stop fighting against me. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray of release and a breaking of self off of our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. As always, uh, go to our Facebook and like it, share the videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, go to our website, pffministries.org. You can uh, find everything you know right there. You can partner with us. Yeah, Our emails are going out this month for a partner, so we're excited about that. And you can partner. You can look up what that means. You can also give to the ministry. We appreciate your prayers and your support and also your financial support. We couldn't do any of this without you, and the stuff God has in our lap is going to take 
more of you supporting. So we appreciate those that are coming and those that are already faithful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, we will be in Windsor. Look at the website. Friday night at 7 and Sunday morning at 10.30. Uh, the Miracle Revival next week. We're excited about what God is doing. So God bless you. T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at God bless.